Gemma Atkinson and welcome to The Overshare, the podcast that goes much deeper than simply scratching the surface. Right, now listen, what you're about to hear in this episode will stun you. Believe you me, you are in for a treat, right? We're calling this one, When Your First Date Was Your Last Date. And these aren't just first dates gone wrong, right? These are the most horrific dating disasters you will ever hear. They actually make my group WhatsApp look tame, which is saying summer. Now, I really must warn you, from very early on, there's some very adult content in this, so please, please bear that in mind. Don't listen to it in the car if you've got the little ones. This is definitely one to enjoy in private. Right, coming up on this episode... And I noticed that he changed his WhatsApp profile picture to a photo of him and his girlfriend. He told her he was in Florida with his mates and he was in the Bahamas with me. And there was a, the men's loo and the women's loo and the far exit, and I went through the far exit. <laughs> and as I turned to pull my seatbelt round, he is in my passenger seat, but he's got his pants down and he, oh. his penis is erect. So I asked for your stories and you definitely delivered. We asked for the shocking and we got the shocking. We got the the shockiest. I can't even, there's no word for how shocking some of these stories are. You're going to love them. I also thought it'd be useful to get some expert advice in the field today. So that way I can just sit here and be gobsmacked and leave all the professional stuff to them. So I've roped in Abby Blaze, who's a professional dating coach. Uh, We've got producer Matt here as well. And Matt has kept all the details of these stories secret from me, which I'm kind of worried about because I'm going to find out as you do. So we'll all be shocked at the same time at least. Steph, hello, welcome to The Overshare. What's your story? So, my story is on my first date. I was on a first date and we went out for a lovely meal, absolutely fantastic. And he said, I'm looking after a friend's house, why don't you come back to it? Oh. So, so went back, opened the wine, had a, had a few drinks and it was going really well. We had a few cheeky kisses and you know how it goes. Um, and he said, I'm just popping up. <laughs> I'm just popping upstairs and I'll be down in a minute. And I, was, I could hear him crunching around upstairs and I was thinking, what's oh, he God. doing? And he, 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 then all of a sudden he just reappears like quite later on, but I'm quite drunk at this stage. He's stark naked and he's dripping in baby oil. Oh my God. <laughs> and he had the baby oil in his hand. Oh, his, his poor friend in his friend's house. No wonder it's his friend's house. Imagine it was his. You don't want the clean-up, does he? How did you react? How did I react? Just like I am now. I burst out laughing. I was, for starters, he had a stonker on as well. He absolutely had a boner on. So oh. uh, I had a good look at that. And then uh, just, just burst out laughing. That's, see, that for me, would I would be saying, what has happened to get that boner up there? What have you done? In between, in between then and now, you, have you watched something? Have you? What? Why have you got a boner coming down the stairs like that? Mm. Because he was obviously coming down to me. Very presumptuous, isn't it? For a first very, date. Very, very presumptuous. I did. Um, I, I, I laughed a bit, and then I sort of was like, "This is no, no." I and thought you I were going to say, "I laughed a bit," then I slept with him anyway. <laughs> I imagine, Abby, for some people, that's quite frightening, isn't it? Uh, definitely. In a house you don't know, you've not been before. Yeah, like we laugh now because you're absolutely fine, but it could have gone a totally different route, couldn't it? And I think it is quite triggering for a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, I suppose 
if you'd want advice on it, it would be don't go back to people's houses. (laughs) (laughs) We need to be a bit more classy, Steph, because I'd have gone back as well. I mean, to be fair, no judgment from me. It's definitely happened to me before. Not that scenario, but the going back too soon. You know, we've all made those little mistakes. Wow. But he was so nice. He'd even rocked up with a CD. So the the date was going (laughs) What CD was it? We're talking quite a... I daren't say the CD in case he ever listens to this and he knows it's going to be him. Oh, my God. And did you have any contact after that? Um, well, I was out in a pub with the girls because obviously I did inform my circle of friends what had happened. Yeah. Quite funny. Um, but we were out in a pub. I'd gone to the toilet and I'd come out of the toilet and as I was drying my hand, I felt somebody put their hands either side of the wall to me and I just turned around and it was him. And I was oh. like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You should have said, at least you dress now. <laughs> what a bizarre thing to do. And the fact that after doing that, he was so okay with it. Like, you'd think he'd go into hiding almost. The fact that he tried that and it hadn't worked. Mm. I mean, it'd be interesting to find out if that was his thing. Like, if he's done it a few times and it's worked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He must have had a bit of confidence about him to think, I did this last time, I'm mm. going to do it again. Mm. And, and unfortunately, some people do get off on the reaction of shock from another person, right? Some people oh, really? are dark oh. like that. Yeah, so he might have enjoyed the discomfort. Have you seen him since? Yeah, he's, he's um, someone local, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I find bizarre, because I've dated lads in the past. Um, one guy on and off, he was a complete narcissist. He was awful. And he oh, he knew that I told people about his behaviour, but he was still so blazing in that he didn't care. And I thought, how could you not be upset or ashamed that people know what you've done to me? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Is that like a behaviour issue? That's quite a strong narcissistic trait to not actually care. Like In the way that you and I have feelings of like shame around things, narcissists wouldn't. So if you were dealing with a narcissist, he genuinely wouldn't care. And it can be difficult, I think, for us to understand that because we tend to think... Uh, how I think is how all other people think. And then it can yeah. be quite shocking when, when you discover that actually that's not the case. Thank you so much for your, your overshare. It's uh, it's enlightening. Um, yeah, I'm the, you've, you've set the bar high. So I'm intrigued to find out who's next. Thank you for joining us, Steph. Oh, thank you, bye. Thank you for joining us, Hadley. Can you see? Can you see and hear us? Okay. Yes, I can see you and I can hear you. Fab, brilliant. Hadley, you're the only other Hadley I know. My nephew's Hadley. Really? Yeah. He was oh. he was Headley for the first month of his life, and then my sister said Headley was a bit posh, so she changed it to Hadley. <laughs> it's a lovely name, though. <laughs> I've never met another Hadley. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, tell us what your story is. My story. Where do I start? I've been single for around two years now. I was in quite an intense six or seven month relationship in the pandemic. I did meet my boyfriend on a dating app. I assumed it was going to be reasonably smooth sailing, but I've sort of found the opposite. Um, Some of my friends have advised me to do something called the three man rule. What it means is that you're dating three men in the early stages at any one time, just so that you're not getting too fixated. I had a successful first date a couple of weeks ago. So I said yes to another date. We met for a drink in a pub. 
But from the moment I got there, he was just acting really erratic and strange. Um, He kept saying that he needed to go to the toilet, but I would see him outside vaping and talking on his phone. When I asked him why he kept going outside, he said it was because he was talking to one of his mates. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know it was the done thing to go outside and chat to your mates when you're on a first date, but all right then. Um, He went to the bar to get us another drink and I saw him arguing with the bar staff. He just wasn't happy with his pint. He wanted them to change it. And at this point, I'm thinking this person is not the future father of my children. He's actually quite aggressive. Um, So he came back to the table and he plonked the drinks down and he said, if you want another drink, I'm not staying here. It's shit. Oh. Bearing in mind that he had asked me to choose a pub in a very specific area of London. So... He went outside again. He came back in. I just kept trying and trying to have a conversation. And all of a sudden, he finished his pint, stopped me in my tracks and said, Hadley, got to be honest with you. I am not feeling anything. Don't want to waste my money. Don't want to waste your time. So I'm going to go. Oh, my God. That's awful. Savage. What what did you, how did you react? What? Did you just say, all right, off you, off you pop, or what, what happened? <laughs> when things like that happen to you in life, it almost feels like it's happening in slow motion. I think if I had have been not totally floored by it, I would have said, okay, that's fine because you are vile and I cannot believe I've suffered two drinks with you good luck instead I sort of sat there and just went okay and he then thought it was okay to invade my space and to pull me into a really tight hug and to kiss me twice on the cheek and I remember just like his like hot slobbery breath and just thinking why have I dressed up and come out and done this what I find baffling with that on his side it's just lack of Mm empathy lack of being a decent person because we've all been on Mm. dates where you know you get a vibe don't you pretty much straight away Mm. but you don't Mm. say it then and there I think you go through with the date have a polite evening and then when the second Mm. one gets mentioned you say I'll be really honest I didn't really feel it Mm. so I'm I'm," and then that way you think okay I mean what how would you describe that behavior Abby for him to be so maybe it was the beer kicking in I don't know maybe he was doing more than just vaping outside I mean who knows Um, but that's really rude isn't it I think he was yeah it's completely rude and I think massive bullet dodged and also I think you know like you could leave that situation and think oh I've just been rejected by somebody but I think rejection is quite a good thing because it's like a filtering it's like I filtered you out also just going back to the, the the men that you have, like having a few options at the start, I think that if you're a bit of an anxious data, it's a really, really good advice to have a few people. Not like once you're in the point where you're sleeping with people, not dating, you know, 
once you're committed to somebody, that's different. But when you're at the first date stage, talking to a few people can be quite good because when these things do happen, it's not ruined your entire day. You moved on from it and you seem okay about it now. How do you feel about it now? I think it makes a great story, which is the one positive. But I have also been stood up for the first time in my life in the last six weeks and that's never happened to me and that has been a bit damaging to my self-esteem and Mm. my sort of confidence in the dating process so it was a man who was messaging me quite incessantly to meet him for a drink so we agreed to meet in my local pub he was messaging me uh, up until I think it was an hour before the two of us were supposed to meet and then as time kept ticking away I just had this feeling and I was like he hasn't left the house so I whatsapped him to check I was left on red I I called him as well and he didn't pick up and at this point I'm thinking I've just got dressed up I'm not walking up to the pub to be stood up and my instincts were spot on. I just never heard from him again until completely by coincidence, I was scrolling through my WhatsApp chats a couple of weeks later and I noticed that he changed his WhatsApp profile picture to a photo of him and his girlfriend. The thing with WhatsApp though and stuff like that, Mm. that's how my, one of my exes was caught out cheating on me. And it's the mm-hmm. same guy I spoke to uh, Abby about about this narcissist I dated. We went on holiday to mm. the Bahamas and mm-hmm. I took a picture of a sunset and it was so nice. I put it on my Instagram page. He loved it and said, oh, can I put that picture? Can you send it me? He put that same picture as his WhatsApp profile picture the week after. I thought nothing of it. And then I got a DM from this lovely girl um, asking me woman to woman, you know, are you with such a body? Because you've put a picture on Instagram, I follow you on Instagram and my boyfriend's got the exact picture as his WhatsApp profile. And it turned out he told her he was in Florida with his mates and he was in the Bahamas with me. And that's that's what caught him. I was thinking, you're so stupid. Like if you're dating multiple people, not even dating, if you're in relationships with multiple people, you've at least got to have a bit of intelligence and remember your lies and not trip yourself up. Mm. But I guess that, if someone's selfish enough to do that, they're also stupid enough to make mistakes. Do you yeah, know what I mean? definitely. People often get caught out, don't they? Yeah, especially when it comes Absolutely. to social media. Mm. I mean, because you can you can vet someone, literally, are you single? Yeah, okay, I'll look at your profile. And you go down and a month earlier, they were with the love of their life, take me back, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Um so, yeah, but oh, I'm glad you're feeling a, a little bit better now, though, Hadley. And I guess, like Abby said, I always think every re- rejection is a redirection. That's how mm. I, I view it. And the fact that your gut instinct told you he wasn't there, that's good. That's good intuition. Something I'm finding with a lot of dating apps is it's men flattering their egos a lot. Yeah, yeah they, they like knowing that they're desirable to other women as well as the partner at home. It's like you're in this situation where you think that someone's single, but in reality, they sort of want that validation. They are still desirable and they're 
in a relationship. You've touched on something there because that is true. Why is it that some some people, some women as well, but I think mostly oh, yeah. some guys, they do want the cake and to eat it as well. Why do they not grow out of it? Why does that happen? I think for some men and women, it's about variety. And they it's not even necessarily that they're not even happy in their relationships. So studies show that women tend to cheat more if they want to like upgrade their partner, which probably doesn't sound great. No, um, but, I know but what men you mean. might cheat just because they, they can haven't got control of like an, an urge at that time or they just want to get away with something or they it's the variety thing. So it's that sexual variety, which when you're in like say a long term relationship, the, you know, you could get a little bit bored and then you want to bring something in. And instead of turning towards your partner, you might turn away, which is, of course is not the right strategy. No, but it's kind of like, I guess, I think as well for, for guys and for men and women, the difference is I've got male mates who can just be sleeping with people and not get attached. It's just, that's what it is. Whereas my, one of my girlfriends who's been single for a long time, as soon as she's intimate with someone, she's, she's like not in love with them, but it means a lot more to her. Mm. And it's harder for her to be intimate with someone without then craving, oh, I wonder if he's thinking yeah. of me. I want, he's not messaged me back. He's not this and he's not that. Mm. And it sends her into a spiral of kind of like self-loathing that this guy has is slept with her, but yet he's not responding to her text. He's not calling her. Whereas my lad mates are like, I mean, are you going to see her again? Oh, maybe. Might do. Not bothered. Mm. And it's like they can just cut it off, can't they? Whereas we, we can't, I don't think. That's a very interesting point because we all form romantic attachments slightly differently. Some people don't get close to other people that easily and some people get attached very, very quickly. So your mm. friend, for example, sounds like somebody who might attach with people very, very quickly and get quite anxious. She might also be attracted to men the that do that. Yeah, Because the dynamic works. So people who are more avoidant of relationships tend to be attracted to people who are anxious and vice versa. Whereas what we want to be doing is we want to be looking for someone who's secure. So someone who shows up, um, is reliable. And sometimes the ones that are like in and out and all over the place and blowing hot and cold, they can seem like really fun options and it can feel like spark, but it can actually be quite unhealthy. Yeah, it's kind of fun at the start, but you won't want to, like you, like Hadley said, have a family with and you need someone who's reliable and you know, securing themselves. Because I guess you mirror each other's energy. Mm. Um, Imagine having a baby with someone who keeps you on your toes. Oh, well, Hadley, thank you so much for um, for sharing your story. And uh, yeah, sorry you've had those experiences, but hopefully from here on, you know, onwards and upwards. And you sound like you're a very, very smart young woman anyway. So Definitely. I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll get Mr. Right one day, I'm sure. Thank you. Well, fingers crossed. Maybe you should up at the rule of six. Maybe, maybe do it that. Rule <laughs> you can of have six. too much choice. You can have too much choice. Don't want too much choice. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of admin, so maybe not. So I said I'd give you the details of how you can get in touch. And if you ever want to get in touch with the Overshare, you can. You can WhatsApp us whenever you want on 07761 039898. That's 07761 039898. And amongst all of these wronged women, there were some guys as well. Adam Rayton, he texted us. 
He says, Gemma, I once turned up on a date with a girl whose dad sat on the table behind us. He said, it would have been fine if we were 12, but I was 36. <laughs> and at one point she went to the loo and he came over, crouched down beside me and said, just so you know, I will always be here. So, Abby, that's that's too overprotective, isn't it? That's insane. That is um, intense, isn't it? It's interesting because it's like it says a lot about her and the dynamic between her and her father. Mm. And I often have clients come to me and they are dating to the criteria of other people, so members of their family. And I think it's really important to trust your own opinions and date to your own criteria. So that a woman like that, she could have been, you know, overpowered by a father his opinion's more important than her own yeah and that's quite sad really and i'm i'm sorry for the guy it must have been so uncomfortable must have been awful and i guess as well it's kind of you kind of mirror your parents in a way my mum and dad divorced when i was 10 so i've always been brought up on if you're not happy in a situation get out of it Mm. and they remain friends i mean my dad passed away when i was 17 so and my mum was devastating she came to the funeral of course and they remain friends but she just said we weren't right as a couple anymore once you and your sister grew up we realized that common thing we had no longer relied on us to be together but i've also got friends whose mum and dad have been together 40 odd years so they are adamant they want to stay i can't get divorced because you know i, I want to be like my parents mm. for better for worse i'm staying in this even though they're so unhappy cripplingly unhappy but the fear of leaving someone because their parents and grandparents you know stuck it out yeah. it's that expectation it's uh, it's tough rob's also been on rob drummond and he said Gemma, i had a first date with a girl who before the starter had taken her shoes off. She she kicked them off under the table. I thought nothing of it, but by the time the main course came out, she'd started to rub her foot up and down my leg. He says, I'd never been put off food so much in my life. What reaction do you give to that kind of behaviour? It all seemed too intense, especially for date one. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, it is odd. And usually you hear stories of like the reverse, really. You hear a lot of tales of men being like that with women. Because most guys would have loved that, I guess, being rubbed up on the first date. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I guess it's individual. Um, But it's a a bit of a boundary push, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he said, like, how do you, like, how do you even, like, react to that? Um, And I'd say, like, in that spot, when someone takes things a little bit faster than you want to, sometimes we freeze, sometimes we, you know, we want to get away... um, but what you can do if you don't want it to get too serious is just lightly say something like, oh, this is more of a, like a third date kind of behaviour for me. Yeah, you know, make like a joke just sort out of make of it. it and just say it in a light way and say, so if we get there, then we can we can move on to this type of stuff. And you can also say, like, I'm really attracted to you so that you so you don't like invalidate offend the them. other person yeah. um, or offend them. And then you say, you know, this is more of a third date kind of thing for me. And then hopefully they respect that boundary. And what's this? I'm just curious because I've I'm, I'll throw my hands up. I I've been on dates before where we've been intimate the first night, but I've known them in advance. I've never I've never just met someone randomly. It's someone who I've either worked with or been mates with, and we've mm. took it to that step. Gorka is genuinely. I, we, it was a long time before me and Gorka got intimate, and I don't know if that's the reason it's lasted. Is there a rule of thumb where you will say to them, "Do not sleep with them on the first night"? Because I guess for girls. I, again, it's weird. I because I've got loads of lad mates. They say, "Oh, she slept with me on the first night. She must she's proper slag." And I'm like, "What well, about no, him? She might just like you." And and oh, yeah, exactly. And you also slept with her. Mm. But I think for guys to sleep with someone straight away, 
it's, it's brushed under the carpet, it doesn't matter. But then long term down the line, well, I don't trust her anyway. I slept with her on the first night, why would I trust her? Why is it okay for some but not others? I don't, I've never understood that. I don't really understand it either and I don't agree with that. And it annoys me because it's like one rule for one. And one for and the other, one for yeah. the other and I don't, I don't like that sort of stuff. In terms of like advice that I would give, I also don't like telling people don't do this and do do that. You know, like really rigid rules around dating. You should go with how you feel, yeah. don't you, with the guy, with the person, whatever. The longer you wait, the less risky it is, right? But mm. even if you wait, there is still a risk. There's always a little bit of a risk that you're going to get hurt in some way. So what you want to do is you want to... Difficult when you're in the moment on a day yeah. a little bit drunk. But you really want to, before you have sex with somebody, to safeguard yourself. Think about your motivation for why you're doing it. Think about whether that's a motivation that you're comfortable with and whether it feels right for you. And if it feels right and you're happy with your motivation and you, you know, it's protected, um, then then I think it's actually okay. Like yeah. to, if, if that's what you want. If that's if what you want and yeah. feel like doing. And it also depends on the goal. You, your goal might not be to get into a long-term relationship. Like let's not assume that all women want to get into long-term relationships and men don't. You know, it's it depends on what your agenda is. But there is obviously more of a chance that someone's going to not be con- like emotionally connected if you do Once it on you've the, done what, that on the you, first date. Yeah, if you've date. done it on the first date. So it's really like probably wiser to build an emotional connection first and then sleep together. We used to, me and my mates, again, it's rank, sorry, we used to say, <laughs> don't shave your legs or you're funny because then you definitely won't sleep with them straight you, away. I, I think that's a good tip. <laughs> and then on date two, maybe have a little preen so then it's yeah. it's okay if it happens. That's, yeah. I've that's my <laughs> advice and why I'm not the professional. <laughs> no, but I've definitely had situations where I've been like, oh, why did I sleep with him? And, yeah. you know, like regretted it and then, I, and then I reflect and I'm like, yeah, but you did shave your legs. You did, you, you know, you got yourself ready. You're acting like, oh, we just happened it's yeah. like didn't just happen you were prepped like, <laughs> prepped and preened brilliant well thank you for, ge- for getting involved with this Natalie we'll uh, go straight in I don't know your story producer Matt's not told me um, so I'll, f- I'll find out as our listeners do I have a book of first date stories Gemma but I think the one that we were going to mention today was I'll add here that it was a first date with a professional person. So no alarm bells ringing at this point. Um, we went to Wagamama's, met at Wagamama's, met this guy, sat down with him and had spoken a little bit to him before we met. We're looking at our menus and he says to me, "Would I li- first of all, would I like to share a main course? Red flag straight away. Yeah, I'm not I don't sharing food. food. No, no. no. So... <laughs> We got past that hurdle and then we were talking. And in Wagamama's, everybody is sat with you, aren't they? Like on these on really the benches. Long benches. Yeah. So people can hear what you say and, you know. And we, we're having this conversation. And then he, I can't remember the name he used, but he began talking about an ex. And he mentioned a name that was quite obviously male. So let's call him Bernard. He, he spoke about going on holiday with his ex Bernard so again um, in my head I'm like wait what who um, <laughs> yeah my my ex like Bernard so I said is Bernard a man and he said yeah he said I've never dated a female before 
Um, but things haven't worked out, so I've decided to give women a chance. So, again, second red, red flag, like I'm some kind of project here, you know. Yeah, like an experiment. Don't want to be a project. So we were chatting and I knew while we were eating, this is not going any, anywhere. I do not want a second date with this man. So at the end of our food, he asked if we wanted to go somewhere else. And I said, no, I am. I'm going. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going home. Lovely to meet you. And he said, well, if we're going, can you take me back to work to pick his car up? And I said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No problem whatsoever. So we walked from Wagamama to the, to the car park, press the button on the car. He gets in the passenger side. I get in the driver's seat. And as I turn to pull my seatbelt round mm. and click my seatbelt into the, um, you know, the seatbelt clasp, he is in my passenger seat, but he's got his pants down and he, oh. his penis is erect no. in the passenger seat. So I am obviously like horrified. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? Screaming like, get out of my car. And he begins screaming back at me. Oh, All I want you to do is mark it out of 10. <laughs> Well, what what would you mark it as? What was it marked as? <laughs> Minus ten. I mean, it was. What is it with these <laughs> with men getting erections so quick? Why has he got an erection so quickly walking from oh. Wagamamas? No. What is it? It's seen or thought of that's made him. Think, I've had my Raymond noodles and I'm going to get hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what? Yeah. Oh my! It was so did he get out? Did he get so out of the he, car? Yeah, he got out of the car. And did I he put it away first? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was. Well, anyway, I was quite. I was in shock afterwards. I bet you, know, you like, crap yourself. Yeah. So he first of all wanted to share food. Then he confessed yeah. to you he's obviously bisexual for, to be dating men and women. Yeah. And then within minutes of getting in your car, he's cocking hand asking you for marks. What? Oh. What is wrong with that man? Why? <laughs> what's? Oh my gosh. And what, what did you tell people about it? Did you tell the police? Because that's yeah. essentially flashing, isn't yeah. it? That's really yeah. bad. No, I, did, I mean, I was, I was young and quite naive at the time. So I didn't tell the police. I told my friends. It went down in history and still is amongst my friendship group. And we still laugh about that. But yeah, I suppose in hindsight, it was quite um, serious, wasn't it? For some people, that would be like deeply traumatizing. And yeah. I mean, you look like you're—you know—you've said you laugh about it with your friends and like you're okay with it. But ultimately, like it is one of those situations where it's like you have to contact the police. As a mum now, if my daughter came to me and told me this story, oh, you'd go mad. You know, you you had a lucky escape, literally, so to speak. I guess for everyone, it's not—it's not a happy outcome like that. So, thank you for oversharing. I mean, wow, I, I'm totally taken aback by that i don't know what i would have done I, I don't you'd be a mixture of utter fear and then confusion yeah. and then when it like you say you laugh about it now and think what the hell was was that about mm. have you been to wagamama since or can you not go now <laughs> <laughs> Cassandra, what's your story? Um, I so my story is about probably 
a slightly dishonourable thing I might have done, maybe. Oh, I um, like it already. So it's about 10 years ago now, and I went on a particular date with a particular guy that I'd met online. And um, yeah, I kind of should have been a bit suspicious before we met because he, he communicated with me in a slightly odd way. He would only sort of communicate with me via voicemail. So I'd, he'd send me a voicemail. This is before the day of voice notes. Send me a voicemail, oh. and then he wouldn't pick up the phone if I rang him back. I'd have to respond in a voicemail. It was all very odd. That's but anyway. odd, isn't it? So I got to the date and everything, and then um, he had very sh- strong views about certain things. One of which was that apparently he was quite a, a hit with the ladies, which you wouldn't have thought to look at him in, in the nicest possible way. Um, but he had dates with various women, both European and British, apparently. <laughs> and his view was that the British women. Um, weren't grateful enough for his uh, view. Um, European women are much more um, grateful to have a man that wants to be with them. So therefore, he generally goes for the European women. Um, So as you can imagine, it wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, So I went to the loo and there was the men's loo and the women's loo and the fire exit. And I went through the fire exit. (laughs) So you just left left him there? Escaped yeah. out the fire exit. What a weird thing to talk about on a first date. Mm, very yeah. strange. The yeah. comparison of women is, is one thing, but I always think it's a red flag. I've been on, well, I was in a relationship with, well, I was only 17, and he used to tell me genuinely, he, he told me he'd slept with 123 women, genuinely. <laughs> And he was older than me. He was about seven years older than me. I mean, we met in Magaluf, so that should have been the red flag. Um, mm. But he used to constantly remind me through our relationship, I have slept with 120-odd women, Gemma, and, and, you know. And and at the time, I used to feel a bit, not upset, but a bit kind of like, oh, my gosh. Because I was only 17. I'd yeah. like, I was, it was all new to me then. But I think it's their way of, because he, he's not slept with 120-odd women. My God. Um, do you know what I mean? I think men lie about the amount of women they've slept with and mm. women lie because we bring it down yeah. and they bring it yeah. up. <laughs> Gorka thinks he's number two. <laughs> That's it. Um, and he's like way into the uh, 20s. Um, but yeah, well, why why did he do that? Why did he think that listing exes and bigging up exes will make us want them more? To be honest with you, I don't know why someone would think that that would make you want them more. In terms of the numbers thing, I think it's because they think that it makes them look like a man, right? It makes them seem masculine, that they know what they're doing. Mm. Um, But actually men have fewer options than women do. Oh, really? So women, if you think about it, how many many guys would have asked you out versus how many women have actually asked men out? So men are not having as much sex as women are. And women have more prerequisites before they'll have sleep with somebody. So we've got more criteria yeah. than men do, whereas men tend to be more chilled about it. And as for that guy with his, you know, views on women and British women versus European women and all that sort of stuff, it's a good example of someone who's got an unusual belief, I guess, or a fixed belief on something. Mm. And I feel like people who are really fixed on their opinions are going to be harder to date. So you want someone who's a bit more flexible. Like offering that on a first date is strange, but ultimately, you know, it's like you're putting the other person down to, I guess, elevate yourself. Yeah. And it's kind of like you're putting everyone in the same basket. It's kind of like saying, well, guys in Manchester are better than guys in London. Yeah, well, it can't be true. It can't individual be true. to the person, yeah. And since your your date disaster where you went through the fire, is it just fire exits or have you since like looked through windows or, you know, have you, <laughs> is have you do you look for an escape route? Is that the first, you're like the FBI, they have to sit facing the door, don't they, in any place. 
Is that on your mind if you go on dates now, yeah, how you yeah. can get out? I, I must admit, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying online dating. I don't think it's for me this time around, but it's that sickness you used to feel when you go on that first date, you've met someone and they walk in the door and you think, oh my God, I don't like you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that fight or flight does kick in. So, but no, yeah. I don't generally make a habit of jumping out of windows or anything like that. Yeah, but <laughs> I, think, I think the key is to always keep a, a first date quite short. So, you know, you say yeah. in advance, just a oh, coffee. meet you for a quick drink. Yes. You know, quick drink. <laughs> quick drink no meal just a quick coffee and then maybe you won't yeah. have to leap out of any fire exits <laughs> yeah, i won't be doing that again <laughs> oh brilliant well thank you so much for sh- um, oversharing cassandra it's been lovely to speak to you and uh, yeah you. good luck with everything thanks a lot i did warn you didn't i thank you so much for your stories the ones we didn't feature were just as shocking so thank you so much for everyone who got in touch we could have made an entire series just on this subject thank you for joining us as always I hope it provided some escapism for you and probably made you feel a little bit better about your dating life at the minute if you've got any comments on this episode of The Overshare you can get in touch via text or via WhatsApp on 077610398 or you can email us at theovershare at bowermedia.co.uk The Overshare was produced by Matt Foister for Bauer Media so make sure you look us up subscribe and tell your friends all about us we will See you next time. I just laughed and was like, wow, why? Just why would you do that? We've had such a nice night. You paid for dinner. You bought me a CD. Why? (laughs) The CD. You got me a Tom Jones CD and a steak. What makes you think I want that? Crikey. It was actually the Bee Gees for whom the bell tolls. I love how at the start you're like, I'm not going to say it in case I don't advise him. And then five minutes in, you're like, yeah, I'd throw him under no. the bus. He'll probably love it, won't he? He'll, he'll love the fact that he's, uh, he's being talked about.